Reporting is Eligible is proudly supported by Appleton Coffee Company. They're a small local roaster in Appleton, Wisconsin, and I make a pot of their Packerland breakfast blend just about every morning. I also have a very large bag of the barrel-aged coffee that I enjoy on the weekends. If you go to appletoncoffee.com and use code RAE at checkout, you'll save yourself 10% and you will support the show. Once again, that's appletoncoffee.com, code RAE at checkout. What comes next? You've been freed. Do you know how hard it is to lead? You're on your own. Awesome. Wow. Do you have a clue what happens now? Oceans rise, empires fall. It's much harder when it's all your call. All alone across the sea. Hey, everybody. Welcome to a sad episode of Reporting is Eligible. The season is at an end. Um, the status of the team is unknown the quarterback's making cryptic comments um a a guy everybody hates is in the super bowl um and and sort of prove that the guy that we all hate is better than the other guy that we hate it's it's 2008 early 2008 it's bad you guys don't like andy reed i like andy reed i don't like tom brady oh that guy that guy that guy andy reed's good some other chiefs not so good but andy reed's good um Tyreek Hill, not a not a good guy. Um, lots lots to root against, but let's not focus on the negative. Let's focus on other negative things. Actually, um, <laughs> I, 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 we can. <laughs> uh, before we start, I, I should introduce people. I just wanted to roll roll through this and get it over with. But uh, in in Wauwatosa, wearing a jersey for some reason, we have. Yeah, it's J.R. Radcliffe, trending sports reporter for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. I. Don't know why I'm wearing a jersey. I just it was at the top of my drawer. I just kind of threw it on, and I was feeling kind of lazy today. My family was home. Jeez. It was a snow day on Tuesday, so I didn't I didn't put a lot of effort into today. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie to you. Hey, I'm still really like everybody else. There was going yeah. to be so much glorious content, so much content, and uh, all of it was taken away from me. It's uh, very sad. I was I was very much looking forward to having Super Bowl stuff to write about and. Uh, it's so much worse to have to write about the end of a disappointing season, and we've done it so many times. Right. Uh, I do think they're the worst um, of the Wisconsin teams in terms of how they lose, because like the Brewers are usually kind of overmatched to some extent. They're usually playing like the Dodgers or some super rich team, and the Bucks. We know the league is rigged against them because <laughs> that's how the NBA works. And the Packers are usually like the good team favored and then some stupid garbage happens to take it away from them. It's not anything the other team did a lot of the time. And just obnoxious as hell. I hate I hate this game. It definitely brings up one of those, you know, thought experiments. Would you rather be the Lions, for example, a team that never goes to the playoffs or does anything interesting? Or would you rather be the Packers, a team that has that won a Super Bowl a decade ago, has gone back to the NFC championship game four times and has lost on every occasion? Two of them in I would one in particularly gut wrenching fashion, a second that I think this one could be classified yep. as gut-wrenching fashion and two complete embarrassing blowouts i mean you get a little variety there you do uh, I, I don't know if there's a middle ground that is less deflating than those two things probably not but uh but yeah would you rather be one or the other that's a it's a i call. i definitely prefer getting the crap stomped out of us by the 49ers last year when we clearly weren't as good of a team to what happened here this is infuriating and i'm matt but you can call me <laughs> i was waiting for you to just butt in <laughs> At some point, Matt, you've just got to seize your own narrative and just, oh. just, just jump in. Uh, 
Is this going to be an explicit podcast? It is going to be an explicit okay. podcast. Well, Dude, are you kidding? Did you see the game? It's going to be an explicit in, podcast. In the words of Red Letter Media, fuck you, it's January. <laughs> it's, I don't uh, know what that guys, means. Did you guys see me tweet that? No. We don't. Okay, so in the, in, in the world of c- cinema fans, January is the worst month because no good movies ever come out in January. Dumpuary. That's true, yeah, Dumpuary. And uh, um, Red Letter Media is a... Um, movie reviewing discussion aggregate you know yes um and they're they have a very common thing fuck you it's january that's about (laughs) right and so i i tweeted a video of them saying it saying hey packers can i have some stress-free football and then packers fuck you it's january very nice Sidebar, the movie slate in January, not terrible this year. The pandemic has kind of ruined, you know, movie schedules. That's right. But Time doesn't matter anymore. Everyone nope. is stuck. Nothing matters. We're all going to die. Eat it, Eventually experience the heat death of the universe. Yep. Eat Arby's. That, that Even cheddar. Yep. Uh, that is along the lines of Aaron Rodgers' post-game comments in which he said, nothing is certain. Uh, <laughs> we don't know what will be happening. Eat at Arby's. Um, <laughs> Why? If he had said eat at Arby's, it would have been one of the greatest moments he, in Wisconsin. He really should have. Yeah. Um, a lot of people took that as will he be back? Will he be traded? Will he retire? Um, I think the Packer Mark Murphy made it pretty clear that they want him back and he's under contract and moving him would actually be quite difficult. But mm-hmm. um, I think as long as Jordan loves here, we're going to have Favre land for the foreseeable future. Oh my god! Speaking of Favre land, did you guys hear Brett Favre speak on this topic? Uh, I wrote uh, about it at jsonline.com. <laughs> I actually did not see the Favre comments. I can't. <laughs> I can't I can't listen to Brett talk anymore. It just makes me sad and not like him every time he opens his it mouth was, or pulls down his pants. It was weird, right? Because because we're listening to Brett Favre commentate on what is essentially a Brett Favre story. Yep. Yeah, I <laughs> wouldn't he, say the comments themselves were particularly revelatory. It was just like he's he's yes, the the it, it's impossible to not recognize the serendipity of the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, it's the irony was so thick you could spread it on toast. That's great. He's like, he was like, based on these comments, he goes, they're crazy to move on from Aaron. They were better off with him than they ever would be without him. And he goes, and the only reason that he would leave is if he retired. And he's playing the best football of his career. I don't think he would retire. And it's like, wow. Like, let's talk about 2007 for a second here, Brett. Like, <laughs> Coming off an NFC Championship game loss. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a guy waiting in the wings. Granted, he'd been around for a couple more years than Jordan Love has. But like, oh, man, suddenly it sounds like the exact same scenario almost. But it's not. It's not. <laughs> there have also been some rumors that Aaron would like a contract extension, and that might play into this a little bit too, with Aaron's uncertainty talk um, setting the table for that. So, so are are you a cap guy? Can you can you uh, opine on the efficacy of a extension? Oh goodness, um, I'm not. I always because I'm not. I'm I, not going to pretend to be a cap guy. I, I like. I just listen to what text tells me for the cap, but what, what, I mean, what is Ken, th- Ken Ingles, what has he said? There's nothing that complicated about it. So, but just so everybody knows, um, if the the Packers were to extend Rodgers, um, they would probably free up a ton of cap space for this current se- or this upcoming season. Um, they would be able to convert certain salary to bonus and amortize it over the rest of the deal, and then free up contract that would be due this year for future years and that's that's the short version of how this would work and they owe Aaron a lot of money so that is something worth pursuing um we had a conversation on Acme Packing Company Slack today that started with um maybe Aaron wants an extension and ended with 
they would they almost have to extend him to create cap space to actually do things um and almost view it as inevitable now to some extent so mm-hmm. um, yeah because as of right now they're 34 million over the cap for next year yeah not good not a good spot to be in they're one of the they're not the worst but they're one of the on the lower half of the league in terms of cap space so a- after aaron's initial comments and people were like oh my god they're going to release him it's like you, you can't release him they only save six million if they release him yes um, and people are like, well, if they trade him after June first, they save twenty one million. I was like, the Packers are not going to pay fifteen million dollars just to trade Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> like, it's no. What's the Stop. goal? You know, They're, right? Like, like, <laughs> oh, you're you're going to save twenty one million on the cap. Good job. You lose your franchise quarterback and you start Jordan Love. And what are you going to get for him? Like, realistically, what would an Aaron Rodgers trade take? Like three first rounders. Uh, something like that, yeah. Uh, a ton. No one's, no one's going to give that up. <laughs> I do think this was a little bit. Uh, even you, you listen to the comments, and there are a number of ways to interpret them. And I do think that, understandably, the first move was to think: is is Aaron Rodgers trying to tell us that his time, he perceives his time with the Packers to be at an end, whether or not it's because of the team or because of him? Because as it's been pointed out, if Aaron Rodgers says, I don't want to do the Packers anymore, tried that for a lifetime, I want my last three seasons, much like what he saw with Tom Brady, you know, where Tom Brady isn't even that good and his team is taking him to the Super Bowl, (laughs) you know, you could see him maybe wanting to try something else. Although we have never heard him say anything to that nature. He talks about how much he loves Green Bay and wants to finish his career in Green Bay. So it, it certainly went against that that con- that concept that their time might be short went against everything that we've heard from the Packers side and from Aaron Rodgers side. Yes. So that you go back and listen and you, and you really don't you don't have to hear that baked into it. It's more like he was just saying, and and this has sort of been pointed out in the last 48 hours. He was just saying that he doesn't really know what's going to happen. A lot of guys on this team are going to move on. Uh, Aaron Rodgers himself does not know how much longer he's going to be here. He has seen the Brett Favre situation unfold before his very eyes. So he knows what's possible. Like we said, it's a very similar thing. NFC championship game loss, you know, toward the end of his career, still playing very elite football, but it's not a guarantee. I think I think we can all sit back now and say like, okay, he's he's coming back in, you know, at the very least he's coming back in 2021. Yeah. So like we can we can just chill out about that a little bit, and 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 maybe maybe that's it. Maybe next year is the last year of Aaron Rodgers. But I think at this point, I think it was just sort of a short term. Everybody was kind of high strung in the moment. The people covering the team, the people following the team, Aaron Rodgers himself, and I think it was just a little a little bit of a, a understandable overreaction, but still. 48 hours later, I think we can safely say it wasn't what it sounded like. Yeah. Sure. But didn't we just go through this a couple of years ago where he was like, this is a young man's game and I want to end my career in Green Bay, but that might not happen. <laughs> I don't actually remember that. I think yeah, there that, was a couple of years ago. I think that did happen. And the one thing you can say about Aaron is like he's very honest and doesn't sugarcoat stuff like long-term stuff like that. And he's tons of quarterbacks don't finish their careers with the teams they start with. In fact, it's kind of the the rule rather than the exception like, yeah look at look at bears legend jim harbaugh <laughs> <laughs> good stuff Key ravens acquisition jim harbaugh yes. chasing tra- chasing championship quarterback trent dilfer out of the program yeah. very so frustrating the, the only reason that i bring up jim harbaugh is because it is now officially draft season and jim harbaugh is the reason that we get the famous who in the hell is mel kuyper quote oh yeah um because the colts gm was happy with jim harbaugh so he did not draft trent dilfer trent dilfer yeah yeah um but yeah it was just 
So it was two years. It might have been. So I did a quick Google search and I did find Aaron Rodgers saying this is a young man's game four years ago after the Titans just shellacked the Packers. Okay. Um, but I do, I very, very specifically remember Aaron Rodgers saying, I hope to finish my career in Green Bay, but I understand that might not happen. And everyone was like, what do you mean that might not happen? And then for the next 24 hours, people were freaking out. And then Aaron's like, yeah, guys, Brett Favre. Like, <laughs> just look. It happens. Yes, it's there. But he'll be back next year. They should be mostly intact next year. So mm-hmm. at least we have that to look forward to. He'll be back. Also, pretty soon sure. you'll see. It was not a good season for <laughs> not a good season for Jordan Love. Um, oh signals either. Man, you know? do, you, do you guys remember all those games that Jordan Love was active for? <laughs> was Aaron Rodgers active in in two thousand five? I think he was. I think right, he was. Um, I'm, I'm almost sure he was. Didn't didn't he get into a game? Didn't that happen? Uh, he played in two thousand five. Yeah. I know for a fact he did. It was, did he play it was, a half against it, the Cowboys? I just mean, was he, he was active bad. regularly? Was he active every week? I, I think he was. I, I, I don't I think remember he was, and he was definitely active more than Jordan Love. He played in three games. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Uh, so that should f- tell week, you that. Week five, week 15, and week 17. Yeah. It, it doesn't make sense. I, I get that there's different sort of curves of learning curves, but doesn't make sense to me that this team would not have Jordan Love available to at least soak up some soak up some reps. Yeah, I mean that's a really weird sign. There was some blowout time this year. You could have at least gotten him into the end of a couple games to hand the ball off if nothing else. Uh, 2005, week 15, Aaron Rodgers attempted 15 passes and was sacked three times. (laughs) Okay. Yep. Was was that the Cowboys? No, it was Baltimore. Baltimore. Okay. Shellacked. Yeah. Fun. Poor Aaron. Tough one to go into. <laughs> but uh, the Packers the Packers beat uh, the Rams. What was Nor? No, it was Saints. New Orleans Saints. Yeah, Saints. Um, beat the Rams for uh, Rams. Dang it. Stop saying Rams. <laughs> they beat the Saints 52-3. to Rodgers threw one pass. Um, lost to Baltimore 3-48. to He threw 15 passes, and then he took one knee against Seattle okay. in Week 17. Nice. Just nobody should be surprised if Jordan Love, if they decide he sucks and they extend Rodgers and end up shipping him out and drafting another quarterback or two before this is all said and done. I think what that's if they, pretty possible. What if they trade for Baltimore's backup? Tyler Huntley? No, Trace McSorley. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> uh, oh, oh, you're not privy to that meme, are you? No, apparently not. I, I'm, no, so I when, am a when, walking Tyler Huntley meme. I'm, I don't know. What Trace when, Mc... when McSorley was still at uh, Penn State? Um, he got picked up by TikTok as like the greatest thing, and there was a song about him that went viral. Just Trace McSorley is a meme. Huh? I had no idea. You yeah. know, we we mentioned this last week. Bears repeating that the team with Aaron Rodgers, and it, this is not the same situation as it was then. But with Aaron Rodgers, it's not as if they drafted him and said he is the future. No questions asked. We are committed to this project. They drafted Brian Brom. They did. Like they hedged that bet. Brian Brom didn't work out at all, but <laughs> it's, it's not as if Ted Thompson, you know, hitched his wagon to only one outcome there. Nope. So I don't think it's even unreasonable to expect them to draft another quarterback this year, not in the first round, but I could, you know, they, it, they're not, you know they're not baked into Jordan Love just because he is their first round draft pick. I mean they're going to give him a little more leash. They're not going to be like <laughs> I don't think they're going to be like ship him out this year or whatever. But uh, but it, it, it you know it's just important to remember like there's no way of knowing. Even the Packers don't know for sure that Jordan Love is going to be a star. Yep. Or, 
think they know. You and know? nobody should think about that. Nobody should assume he's the heir apparent. Um, that's a bad way to run a team. And the Packers typically have not run their team that way. So there'll be there'll be more quarterbacks sauntering through here, I think. I hope so. <laughs> I want to touch on one thing before we leave the Rogers comments okay. about the the perception that the media was pushing a narrative here. This is this is the guy who works for the Journal Sentinel standing up a little bit for the media. Uh-huh. Uh, and and I'm sure that shots have been fired at at people in the media, people who were just panicking on Twitter that are just random normal individuals. Uh, I'm sure it's not directed just at the media. But the one pet peeve I really have is seeing someone say. They're just looking for clicks or engagement. I, I just and I've said this before. Of course they are. And I'm not that is not pejorative. That is our job. We are trying to what good are we if we're not getting people to click? The, what, what the, when someone says that, what they mean is they mean they I don't agree with their opinion. I don't They're wrong. You know, like. I think it's completely defensible for people to have read those comments from Aaron Rodgers and said, there's a story here. This is we, this is more than we expected. Is it possible that he's leaving? Sure. You know, we should address that. We can also point out here's the, why it's unlikely, you know, that sort of thing. And also bear in mind that this year, this isn't a, an excuse necessarily, but this year has been very weird for, for people covering the team. Yep. Everybody is restricted to Zoom meetings. They're restricted to these very short, very public interactions, trying to create analysis or try to like read into it. And, you know, following the team has never been more difficult. Really having intimate knowledge of the team and the people on the team has never been more difficult. It's possible that people misread that or are going to misfire. So I I, I take exception with the idea that people are just trying to generate, you know, generate content out of this. Nobody entered that postgame thinking, oh, let's talk about how Aaron Rodgers might have just played his last game in a Green Bay Packers uniform. Nobody thought that. The comments led them in that direction. It's defensible to have looked at it that way. It's also defensible to have said, "Mm, let's let's take a step back. And two days later, I think we kind of have it all sorted out. So I'm just just trying to stand up. Please rate and review us on iTunes. Uh, (laughs) Five-star reviews. Please only. Comments are welcome. JR. We are fishing for love always. I got a a counterpoint for you there. Bring it. Bring it. The the potster was the first guy to to morph the narrative into a quote-unquote clickbaity fashion was Schneidman with The Athletic. Mm -hmm. And And The Athletic also employs Bob McKinn. Okay. That is true. <laughs> so that's that's my counterpoint. They employ Bob McGinn <laughs> okay. through the athletic. Your counterpoint uh, that, is sort of some Pepe Silva stuff going on there. So yeah, I, I don't I don't know if I follow completely, but uh I obviously Bob McGinn used to work for the Journal Sentinel. I have talked to him. I've never met him. I don't know a lot about him. I know that he is not beloved by all corners of Packers <laughs> fandom. Uh but uh you know, I, I've never met Matt Schneidman, Schneidman, I don't even know how to say his name. Um I, I say follow, I follow him on Twitter. I think he's he's cool. He's good. I don't think he invented anything out of thin air. I think he thought what we all thought. Yeah. It would have been irresponsible for everybody to just be like, oh, oh, oh Aaron Rodgers didn't say anything interesting after the game. I mean, we all we all saw that. We all read those comments. It's like, oh, oh my God, is that what I think it is? Um, so I, I totally have no problem with how it was covered, how it was written. Just I, I just wish people would stop saying, oh, all they do is want clicks. Well, yeah, all you want to do if you make cars is to have people drive your car. All you want to do if you make TVs is that people watch your TVs. No shit. That's what we do for a living. It's not wrong to want engagement. It is not wrong to want people to read your stuff. It is wrong if you do it in some sort of disingenuous fashion. That is not what's happening here. No, no, it's not. And all Aaron wants is for people to talk about his cryptic comments as well. It's uh, mm-hmm. It's fun mm-hmm. for him. It is fun. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun to do bad things. (laughs) (laughs) 
He's so skilled too. He even in a in an emotional moment, he knows what he's saying. He knows, well, he knows everything he puts out. The biggest problem with Aaron Rodgers is he's more often than not the smartest person in the room, but he's very aware of that fact. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing more dangerous than a smart person who knows they're smart. Very true. <laughs> All right, should we talk about this terrible debacle of a game? No, I want to. I want to take thinly veiled shots at at Bob McGinn and Aaron Rodgers for another half an hour. Well, one thing before we do move off that, Bob did <laughs> did rate uh, MVS as having a better game than Jair Alexander, which is not <laughs> not true. <laughs> a bad, but, bad okay. call. That Bob is a McGinn, take. Bob McGinn once wrote an article saying that Mike McCarthy was a bad coach because he's fat. He did do that. that not that his proudest moment. Not a good move. Not that's good move. <laughs> no. So, like, I think that's that's that is the beginning and end of my argument for Bob McGinn. Like, I... I, I saw. Obviously, I agree with you there. That's that was not that was not great. Not as proudest moment. I would say that I, I would hope that that view has evolved to a degree. There are a lot of regrettable things that have been put in newsprint over the, over time. I think if I had to guess, that's probably shifted a little bit. But I, I don't know. I, I could. Be I wrong. give I give Bob again one and a half footballs. <laughs> All right. Can I, can I, According to an unnamed scout. Yes. Can I just start by saying fuck you, Cleet Blakeman? I wrote yeah, an fuck, article fuck about Cleet the. Blakeman. I wrote an article about the refs and about how Cleet Blakeman does not like to make. Um, big yardage calls and big important calls in games and usually sticks to stuff like offsides and did he did that for 58 minutes of the game and then just went to shit so um, if you, like it it did hurt the Packers that, that they called it so loose the rest of the game they're not loose tight the rest of the game uh, aside from the Kevin King call at the end like the Buccaneers just abused the hell out of the fact that they weren't calling anything. Their offensive line was a travesty of holding and going hands to the face. And uh, Sean Murphy bunting was just committing pass interference on every play over the middle. And it mm-hmm. it cost them a ton. It was a huge part of the game, and that shouldn't happen. Um, I, I know the refs like to let people play, but that's not what this is. There are rules to football, <laughs> and it's not as good a game if you let people not play by them. What um, was it that Mike, Michael David Smith said? He said that um, for for the beginning of the game, they established that all these things wouldn't be called, that, that it would be a physical game, and then you get down to the end of it, and they, they change their mind on it and go against what the rules had been established. So, Well, his his comment was so good. It was... Um, dang it. It was quoting I re- me. I reached so. <laughs> uh, But He said something about, like... Oh, here we go. When Troy Aikman says the officials are letting them play, what he actually means is they've taken it upon themselves not to enforce the rules of the sport. <laughs> <laughs> for for me, it's a lot like a home plate umpire establishing a strike zone. Exactly. It's, maybe it's not objectively a strike, but you've established that this is how you need to be pitching. And at the end of the game, all of a sudden, and you know, you knew he was going to throw that flag because that play was so consequential. It was essentially the game at that point. You knew they were going to flag it. It's a penalty, like it is. And so I'm Except not as it rapid. wasn't. Well, well I object- I think in it a was. vacuum, objectively, it was a penalty. He was, no, objectively, it was not. How a is it not a penalty? There was a he was holding onto his jersey. They called it DPI, and the ball was not catchable. Call holding. You can't call uh, DPI on that. The the ball was catchable. I mean, that's a that's a judgment call. I also honestly, think if he doesn't grab his jersey, it. it might have been catchable. <laughs> but look, that that so I'm not as wrapped up in the individual call. It's just it, about it, like it doesn't. It also taught Kevin King how to play, yeah. how you're officiating throughout the course of the game. Yep. You have to follow through with that through the biggest moments of the mm-hmm. game. Yes, because the interception that was that Rogers threw that was caused on exactly the same thing is at 100%. least as consequential. Mm-hmm. 
And, and, and Matt's point, by the way, just doesn't matter because they both result in automatic first downs and they both would have ended the game. So who cares? Fair. <laughs> uh, did, so, JR, you're not in the Acme Packing Company Slack chat, but I was clairvoyant before Ooh. that play. Uh, I said, oh, it's third down. I'll bet money that they throw out Kevin King. Well, way to be. <laughs> because they threw at Kevin King all day long. Did, was he targeted 25 so, times? Speaking of Kevin King yes. and, and Mike He's Patton, who we all hate. <laughs> um, if Kevin King doesn't give up the touchdown in the second in the end of the second quarter, uh, Packers lead. Yeah, and we're not having this conversation. No, that is to me. I, I don't know if you guys feel differently. That is the single play that sh- that is that is, that is the play that I will take away from yeah. this game. Oh, that's absolutely, the that's the play of the game. No question about it. I was clairvoyant. I put an Acme Packing Company slack as soon as they went for it on fourth down. Like that's a guaranteed touchdown for Tampa before this ends, and then Scotty Miller bomb like the next play. And uh, then I got yelled at for jinxing them. Um, but just a a travesty of a like all, all of the Packer bad all coming home to roost at once. A bad defensive call by Mike Pettin, uh Bad talent at safety with Will Redmond not being in position to get over and help out Kevin King. Um, you know, you don't be on Jair's side and don't be triple teaming Chris Godwin in the middle of the field. That's not useful. Um, it, not learning from their scouting because the Bucks ran this play against them last time from the same spot on the field on a bomb to Scotty Miller and Josh Jackson committed pass interference. Um, Which by the way, Kevin King should have done tackle him. Just trip him. Sure. They get the ball on the one yard line. You know what they're going to do? They're going to kick the field goal. goal. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You, you literally, you punch him in the side of the head and and (laughs) you get ejected from the game (laughs) because you've saved four points. Not only did you save four points, but when you get ejected, they bring in Tremont. Tremont, and then and <laughs> the you do improves. everybody a favor. Oh man! So if you, like, Pat oh, Nozzle, I get sick. I was sick to my stomach watching that play. Because you knew it was joke. over. It was the it was a yeah. a Seahawks game moment all over again. It was mm-hmm. you you don't do something like that and, and put yourself in that position and, and win the game. It just never ever happens. Um, it's it's just one of those things that you instantly are like, well, there's the play you'll remember for the rest of the time. And then when the Jones fumble happened, um, then, you know, that just cemented it. Well, okay, we're toast. Uh, So uh, Pat Oswalt has a joke about, like, if he had a time machine, he'd go back to 1996 and kill George Lucas with a shovel. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Would you go back to three days ago and Tanya Harding, Kevin King? (laughs) Uh, I don't know if I would injure him, partially because he's a giant man who would kill me. So, so I mean, I mean, if, if King's, back injury was bad enough to hold him out oh, so close is the game different <sighs> yeah it is it absolutely is yeah but Tremont would have been i mean Tremont wouldn't have been in position to match up one-on-one with scotty but, Miller, but, but maybe but maybe josh jackson is active or they're putting i don't know who the hell this would have been a great game for josh jackson to be active it just would yeah, have like, like josh jackson is active and then you have Tremont play safety instead of instead of will redmond i've been meditating on this a little bit trying to decide because Obviously, Tom Brady recognized that Kevin King was a weakness and and attacked it as such. Well done. We've recognized it. I think most people could recognize it. But can can a team? I, I mean, the alternative, like you said, Josh Jackson, a guy who has struggled to make the lineup. He has struggled when he's been in the game. You know, every defense is going to have that hole, right? I mean, every defense is going to have. You're not going to have twelve All Pro guys or <laughs> twelve, eleven. <laughs> You're not going to have 12 All-Pro guys on the field because that is a penalty. (laughs) That's a penalty. Uh, You're not going to have 11 All-Pro guys on the field at at some time. So there's always a weakness. So I've been trying to think, is it Kevin King's fault or is it 
Mike Pettin's fault because they were not able to put Kevin King in a, in a position to to make plays. Kevin King is not the is not terrible. He's he's he he wasn't good enough for sure. He's not terrible. He's made plays over the course of the year. But was he not put in good position against this team where it should have been fairly obvious what Tampa was trying to do? It, it's definitely a little bit of all of those things, and they covered up for him a lot better in the second half um, outside of the last pass interference penalty. Um, there's a reason that Jair saw some targets in the second half, like additional pressure and mm-hmm. additional um, like safety help over King's guy led to a lot of hot routes and desperation throws to Jair's side in the second half, and um, it ha- that could have happened in the first half. Petten, I would say... It, his biggest flaw in this game was he was slow to react. It took him getting into halftime to actually change things up. And you don't have to do that. You can change things after the first quarter is over. After they pick on Shandon Sullivan and Kevin King going down the field to death, you you can make adjustments then. That's allowed. So, so it, it's a lot so on him. But King's also not a great player. And they could have done, well, it, uh, you got to put some of this on Ted and some of it on Goot, who have spent a lot of resources on cornerback. And just only Jair's worked out. Um Kevin King, by the way, is 6'3", and I went and found all the cornerbacks in the league who are 6'3". There's one good one. It's Richard Sherman. After that, everybody's terrible or not in the NFL. So don't don't pick guys that, that tall. So, it doesn't work. Speaking of Chandon Sullivan, where did the narrative that he's bad start? This game? This game. He's just uh, His PFF grade's not great, for the record, so there's, there's something in the, the background there for people, but... Uh, I think it's mostly the start of this game, getting picked on a couple times to kick things off. But, so it, I mean, he had Mike Evans and Chris Godwin on him, and he's a slot corner, so that's... Yeah. I, 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 in this <laughs> game, corner, I, I only do? remember two completions against against him. I, there was an out route, and then there was, uh, like, a fade from the slot. I think the first two third downs of the game were both thrown at Chandon Sullivan. And Absolutely. people were ripping him on Twitter, and then you didn't hear his name for the rest of the game. Yeah, so the, the out route, I mean, it's an out route, it's timing. You're You're going to give up completions there pretty regularly but then the the fade out of the slot um he had a really bad jam off the line that's just it happens yeah it's man coverage that's the game you play like it, so leave chandon alone <laughs> actually you know what leave kevin king alone he's he's still catching a lot of heat on social media yeah <laughs> I, I mean you should leave him alone because it's stupid to do that kind of thing but kevin deserves a lot of the heat for I mean, so everything else, here's the thing. Um, Petten did not put him in a good position. Will Redmond should have been his backup there. But the defense he actually played on Scotty Miller was atrocious. And uh, it wasn't the only bad job of actually covering people that he did on this day. Um, first touchdown, he was not in a good spot. He jumped too early. Um, the, if the, you're 6'3 and the ball, oh, come honestly, on. Like, that's God. the one the, thing you can do as a 6'3 guy. It's the one thing that you should be good at, and he screwed it up. So. Um, that was that was haha Clinton Dix two point conversion. It, there were a couple of those in the the, the Godwin bobble a fifty yard bomb was also the slow motion. You know what Clinton that was? Dix play. That was just unlucky. It that was unlucky, mean. but like it also hits the ground ninety percent of the time in other situations, and it it just hung there for him. It's terrible. Do you think this is the end of Mike Pettin? God, I hope so. I, I don't think it is. I kind of think they would have done it already, but mm-hmm. I don't know how you could have that end of the end of the half let down and still keep him around. Yeah, they got better in the second half, but the damage was done. And you know, you can't have these like big failures. 
you know, it, it's one thing to be like, well, we shaped it up in the second half. We didn't have any big, huge breakdowns in the second half. Uh, okay, you're the biggest breakdown. And this game was all about high leverage situations. It was all about Tom Brady, like, pulling off amazing third down conversions and occasionally Bruce Arians making a really good call, like the Gronkowski screen um, end around to Godwin that pack, the Packers didn't expect. And they kept making these, like, big plays in crucial situations, going for it on fourth down. Um, you got there was a block in the back on the Gronk screen. I mean, we can complain about penalties till like all day. There were eight million penalties. Uh, the the Bucks held every play. Aaron Jones had his head ripped off, and nobody called anything. But the fact of the matter is, they didn't they didn't stop any of these long third downs or a fourth down or like until the second half get themselves off the field, and that's not acceptable in a game like this. You can't do that. <laughs> He should he should be gone. I, I kind of wonder think he might already be gone if they were going to fire him, and so I think he might stick around. So but. last year it took, I want to say it was like two or three weeks before um, Malf came out and was like, Petten's our guy. So maybe yeah. maybe they want to do interviews? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> maybe they want to see who's available. I don't know. There's a lot of movement right now. Coaches getting hired and stuff. I mean, this is the time for that sort of thing. So I, I do think it'll be in the next week or so if if there's movement. Thought. Joe Witt. I I, I don't know anything about Joe Witt. What do you he, mean? It's weird to me that he has continued <laughs> to be a position coach this long. I mean, he was considered an elite, you know, secondary coach well, back in Charles, 2010. So Charles Woodson said that he's like the best DB coach he's ever that's had. That's true. Yeah. He built Sam and, Shields. But, and I Woodson, don't understand why he's still coaching DBs a decade later. That doesn't a, make that's sense That's the thing. Is he a candidate at all? He wanted to be like, so when they hired Pettin, um, before they hired Pettin, they wanted um, a lot of players and veterans wanted yeah. uh, Joe as the interim DC, but also interim coaches usually aren't hired. So maybe that's why it didn't happen mm-hmm. i mean i think it'd be great if they hired him but only because i know his track record here has been really good so, so yeah i'm i'm tired of pounding the table for wade because it's not going to happen and i'm just going to be extra sad if i keep trying to speak yeah, it into existence give it up. they would have done it already so joe witt that's okay joe witt that's my choice i do think will redmond was the least valuable player in this game by virtue of he was pretty responsible on Kevin King's. It was in his hands. He he had the easiest interception in the world. Just go pretty much through his hands. He alligator armed it. And uh, did he think the play was dead or it was fourth down? I mean, it was so bizarre. <laughs> it was and it was such a bizarre ball because it had been deflected or something. It was just a yeah. wounded duck. And like you and I catch that ball. So like he was, <laughs> sure do. he had to be looking somewhere else or thinking about, I mean, there had to be, by the way, the gif, the gif, gif, whatever that you posted, like a bad ballet where he enters the frame and drops the ball. I laughed so hard for a, like 60, 60, very, very laughing seconds. Uh, it's so good. And so depressing at the it's, same time. It is also depressing. I mean, he had to, he had to been distracted. Some something took his mind off of it. And I mean, I, I try to give secondary guys the benefit of the doubt that way. I've mentioned this before, like their job is not to catch the ball. And so there's a lot of responsibilities, a lot of places your eyes are looking. It's possible that he was checking on an assignment or something that, you know, he needed to take care of that before he could worry about catching the ball. But God, the optics are so bad. The ball yeah. just right there, like mm, pick that off. The end of the half doesn't happen. And, you know, it's a totally different world. The other thing, the, the Buccaneers do deserve some credit in this game. They 
You know, they, they identified <laughs> they identified weak spots on the Packer defense, and they just went after them. And that's a good way to do things that not every team does. Like the Packers kind of. It's pack, almost like Bruce Arians is a good coach. He is a good coach, and, and, the and Packers, Todd Bowles. Todd Bowles is an excellent coach. And the Packers kind of run their stuff, um, and you know, don't just pick on somebody over and over again. Um, if you go and pull up Aaron's next gen stats chart of where he threw passes, you can't tell that Antoine Winfield didn't play in this game, and you certainly can't tell when Whitehead also left and they had no starting safeties. Like they just never pushed that. They never pushed Tanyan down the field to try and put pressure on backup safeties. Um, they never tried to get like an, an extra big receiver down the field. And I know Equinemy St. Brown dropped a two point conversion, which was annoying of him, but uh, a four wide receiver set with trying to put pressure on, you know, safety backups maybe would have been called for a couple times here. Yeah, but did did Aaron have the time? He had dudes in his lap the whole game. He did. It was not a good job by the line either. That's true. Um, yeah, this is the first time, and n- not. I mean, everyone knows this. This is, if David Bakhtiari doesn't get hurt on December thirty first, very easy to see how the Packers are preparing for a Super Bowl right now. I mean, this is the first time they just got run over. So yep. it's actually the second time they got run over um, in the last four- three games. Period. Oh, I see. This okay. this season, it's the oh, second okay. time this season the Packers got run over. Rodgers was pressured twenty one times this game. Um, in the last game that the Packers got pressured a lot, they were pressured twenty one times, and it was against Tampa Bay. Of course, it was. Uh, other than that, the the Colts was like ten or eleven. Like that was number three. So you talked about Paul how creative Tampa's pressure is that they bring people from unusual places, and we did we did see that in this game yeah. from time to time. They did, although they did rely on their front four more than they did last game, too. They, they ran a lot of stunts and things like that. Um, maybe the best play of the game from Tampa's perspective was, I think it was Jason Pierre-Paul timing the snap count based on Rodgers taking it down to oh, zero. Oh, God, it was so bad. And you could see it coming from a mile away, too. Uh, Ricky Wagner was getting, he didn't have a good game, but he was getting raked over the coals on Twitter for that, and that's just Aaron's fault. Mm-hmm. Um, the, he timed it perfectly. There's nothing you can do about that. Uh, Ugh, so. Speaking of 2007 slash eight, Jason Pierre Paul, he's he he's on that team, he right? He was on that team, yeah. yeah. He was. He he is an explosive player. Mm-hmm. He he really knows how to blow up your. <laughs> I thought this might be a play on words, and sure enough, <laughs> sure enough, it's, it's Matt. It you've been like, fingered for a bad it, pun right here. <laughs> it is it is just hands to the face. <laughs> uh, don't play with fireworks, kids. It's bad for your health. It don't, is. Play, don't play with fireworks. What the heck? Um, sidebar, completely unrelated. I can't say Sean Murphy Bunting's name without thinking it in a British accent. There's just something Sean about that name. Murphy Sean Bunting. Murphy Bunting. <laughs> <laughs> and now I will forever, too. It's not funny when you come away with the interception that changed the course of the game, but like, hey, oh, what Sean if, Murphy if, Bunting got a hold. What if his name is actually Sean Murphy and he plays baseball for Renicky? Uh, we yeah, no bunting. Did, did I just did I make a good baseball pun? No, yeah, I don't know if it was a pun. It was a reference. Was this small ball joke. Can I get some credit for that? <laughs> sure. <laughs> we're not I exactly not... fans of small ball. It's not. It's not going to make our eyes light up. I understand we're not fans of small ball, but can you? Can we at least give me credit for knowing a baseball thing related to yes. the Milwaukee Brewers? Yes, you can have that. Yeah. Uh, also, so did they do something to take Devonte Adams away? I mean, I know they they sniffed out that that double motion attempt that seemed to work against the Rams, but um... no, they didn't. The Packers screwed that up. Go watch that play again. <laughs> that was a hundred percent horrible execution by the Packers. Okay. Uh, Lazard ran into the whoever the running back was. Bob was being mugged 
on his out and Aaron rushed it. Devontae didn't get to finish his motion. Like it was just bad execution. The biggest part of it was Aaron did snap the ball too early and that just screwed up the entire thing. But uh, I do think that they, they put a safety over Devontae most of the time and nobody else made him pay for it. Um, they also had they had uh, Dean Jamel Dean on him a lot. Um, by the way, that he's he's not as good as Carlton Davis, but he's almost as good as Carlton Davis. So they had a really good corner plus safety on Devonte for a lot of the game. And um, MVS was not able to make Davis pay on the outside when he was covered by him. And Alan Lazard just couldn't get a clean release on Sean Murphy Bunting. He just let himself get grabbed over and over again. And the interception he got interfered with. He had, he had the exact same interference penalty committed against him in the third quarter um, trying to get loose, and Aaron just missed him. Uh, so that play, uh, that, that's what it kind of boils down to. They really needed to push the ball to, I think, tight ends a little bit more. And there was a little stint there where they they brought in the big package with Mercedes and um, uh, like, Daphne. Uh, yep, and Daphne. <laughs> They threw a screen to Mercedes Lewis. It came like eight yards, didn't it? I know. <laughs> it's like watching Brooke Lopez come in from the top of the key totally for a is. jam. It totally is. He moves. I can't believe how slow. Yeah, I, I mean, we all know he's slow, but watching it is really something. You know what? Props to him so much for being that slow and still being an NFL contributor because that guy is mm-hmm. valuable and you can't move. But my goodness, what a what a player Mercedes Lewis had. What a yep. career he's had. Mercedes Lewis is a move tackle. He always has been, always will be. <laughs> yeah, but they really were focused on Devante. Um, one thing, if you the All-22 film came out today, and on the one free play they had where Rodgers threw it to Daphne and um, he just kind of got hit when it, when it got there, they, on the TV broadcast they made it look like Devante was wide open. He wasn't. The deep safety was over top of him, and he could it would have been intercepted had Rodgers targeted him. And that was pretty common. Um, there was not a deep outlet for Devante to go to. He had to work underneath the whole time, and they just pound people who run underneath. So they did a good job on him. The other receivers needed to show up, and they did not. Yeah. Yeah. But MBS had a better game than Jair, I hear. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. <laughs> v- hey, you know what? Make sure you visit BobMcGinnFootball.com for all the details. I mean, MBS was okay. He made he made. What do you he mean? Made he was couple, okay. He was good. Made a couple good plays. He was yeah. good. Uh, it's not that he doesn't deserve a good grade. He was the best of the receivers. Um, mm-hmm. Wish he would have shown up at least one more time deep, but what are you going to do? Um, yeah. Hey, uh, let's talk about special teams, because I, I don't uh, think the special teams overall was dreadful. I mean, they made some really nice tackles, but it's sort of like, I don't know, it's just one of those jobs okay. where you have to do your job every single time to be credited with a good game, and they Let clearly me tell you what. Not. Let me tell you what, JR. Mm-hmm. There was one play. There was one punt. They were backed up into their own end zone, and J, uh, JK kicked it like 55 yards. yards. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, and the Packers only allowed a nine-yard return. Oren Burks. Oren Burks shooting out of nowhere. That was yeah, great. Yeah, what a, fast shooting a gap. That was, like a, that was incredible. That was what would be a routine special teams play for literally every other team. <laughs> Where we and start I, cheering for seeing-eye yes. singles for the old guys. Like, yes, <laughs> he's on base. And yes, and we were dumbfounded by what should have been a routine play, and I think that honestly says it all. Like, like my that's fair. My love of special teams, and the narrative that I've been pushing all season, all that aside, that's the that's the story. That was a routine special teams play for twenty plus teams, and it was amazing to see the Packers do it. And that's Menenga's fault. <laughs> And it's not like they didn't have their letdowns. They allowed a huge kickoff return, oh, right. I believe. 
and they had, and it and it was after it was after a momentum swinging touchdown. Of course it was. God, every goddamn time, and and they did shout outs to Zach Rappaport. Yes, <laughs> and, and kudos to Tampa's kicker for this. But the the kick that hit the goal line by an inch, um, you know, it's it's a tough spot. I understand that, but if a smarter returner would have stood in the end zone and grabbed the ball to get it into the end zone. Um, which you're allowed to do. It's like the out of bounds rule. So, um, I, uh, <laughs> it's 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 still bad. It, right. Their special teams is still but quite bad. Remember, the, what the, Jam- Jamal is not a smart returner. He's just right. someone who has never fumbled. Fumbled. Yeah, I know. He's yeah. he's a guy who's there because nothing else has worked. So, <laughs> I do I do forgive his instincts a little bit there. Fair enough. It wasn't a disaster. It didn't cost them a game or anything. So there's that. Other other people <laughs> did that. Yeah, Sean Manega ain't gonna be here next year. Yeah. How much one of that? Well, I I shouldn't take that bet because you're right. Why wouldn't they have made that move already? I mean, you know, 48 hours probably isn't enough time. They've they've got to at least get it two weeks before you really think about this. Mm -hmm. But again, it's not like special teams coordinators are just going to be available, you know, at the end of February. You're going to want to move quickly if you want to make a change. If if you want to be somebody and you want to go somewhere, you better wake up and pay. pay attention thank you for catching my sister act two <laughs> reference i am here for all the sister act two references love it sister act two hamilton we we have a wheelhouse guys we do we do musicals <laughs> we're the football podcast that does musicals um let's see what else Is i mean at some point we got to talk about the kick the decision to kick i don't know if we're uh, there yet uh, or not no 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 uh, i'm not ta- i'm not talking about that i'll talk about it i'll talk about it how did you feel about it in the moment? I know you. I think I know the answer for you guys, but in the moment, what was your reaction? I did not like it in the moment for sure. Uh, it's right. you, you know, it's my instinct to, to go against kicking, generally speaking, and I did not. In the, I was like, get the eight points and tie this puppy up. Um, did you guys see the tweet that I made in the moment? You're gonna tell us. I said, direct quote: "Is there a surrender index for field goals?" <laughs> <laughs> That's all I said. Yes. I, I do feel like universally in the moment people hated it. Yeah. And I think much like the Rogers comments, it's been a little bit of a, of a softening, at least in the 24 hours after I actually, I, I thought it was okay. And the reason it, from, from my perspective, this is skewed. It doesn't mean anything, but like, I, I'm thinking this whole time it's, like yeah they could get a touchdown they could but then they still have to get the conversion all of this and they still have to get the conversion and i'm a big believer in their you know t- close to goal offense because they have Devonte adams but this whole time i'm thinking this might not matter if they don't get the conversion so i understood that they had to make a stop anyway and so they were they were going to put them themselves in position where they didn't need a conversion they were going to get it now get, get what they could now come back get the touchdown make the stop get the touchdown and then boom they win right no overtime so I, I can appreciate that it took – there were a lot of things that they had that had to go right. They had to score on fourth and nine. They had to get the conversion. They had to get a stop, and then they had to win in overtime. So I could understand saying, well, let's just get the stop and then not have to worry about overtime or conversion or any yeah. of that. So the the Ben Baldwin bot ben, – mm. ben bot Baldwin, which, by the way, is a terrible name. He should have – By the way, do you have the Ben Baldwin bot update from today, or is this old Ben Baldwin bot? I'm looking at Ben Baldwin bot from the time of okay the field goal because Did the, he the Ben it today? the Ben Baldwin bot had a bug that um, made it not work quite right for the time of the field goal so so at the time of the field goal it was a difference of one percent 
Yes. Um, field goal attempt was a 9% chance of winning. Going forward was a 10% chance. But if they succeeded, it's a 33% chance. So um, uh, I guess if, if you're looking at it and you say there's only a 1% chance, it's within the noise. So what's the update? So the Ben Baldwin bot um, calculates touchdowns as worth seven points automatically and doesn't make allowances for hypothetical oh. touchdowns um, basically having to count for eight. Ben and Eric Eager were going back and forth on this today and recalibrating some of the projection systems on what they should have done. So uh, since it assumes a seven-point touchdown, which doesn't actually help the Packers because they're still down by one point if they do that, um, it actually underrated the difference between the two, and it um, on recalibration was about a 3.7% difference in win probability. Um uh, so they, it, it turned into a pretty strong recommend that they go so for it. Here's what's crazy. Uh, at the time, the Packers had a 9% chance of winning, and the field goal didn't change it. <laughs> well, uh, it's you're still very under the gun in that situation. Right. Um, I, I do like going for it, too, because while everything Jared said is true, uh, the, the big difference for me that I see is, well, so let's say you go for it, and you make it, and you get the two. Uh, and those are all... Um, you know, fairly low probability things. Um, yeah. By the way, they had the break-even point on on that at about you need to have a twenty-one percent chance of converting in aggregate to make it worth going for it, um, and the league average on that is about twenty-three percent from that from that yard mm -hmm. line. And, and this is all, you know, a little wishy-washy because the Packers are better than the league average offense, but Tampa Bay is also much better than the league average defense. So I'm actually surprised it's that good. Yeah. Fourth and nine, that's that's interesting. 23% yeah. is pretty good there. It is pretty and good. According to, to Ben Baldwin Bot, which, by the way, I'm, my problem is his, the name should be Ben Botwin. His name You're should right. Be ben. It should be Ben Botwin. <laughs> um, so I mean, that's what I'm going to call him. So according to Ben Botwin, they actually had a 33% chance of success based on his. Yeah. There you chance. go. Um so let's assume that you do that. Um, one of the things people always say is you still need to get a stop. And that's kind of true, but um, I, I like to frame it as if you if you go for it and get it and get the two, um, the Patriots, the Patriots, sorry, Tom Brady in my head, the, Buc <laughs> the Buccaneers need to score to win the game. Um, so yes, the Packers do still need to score again to win the game too, but they've also added a component where their opponent also needs to score to win the game, whereas... Mm -hmm. Um, when you kick that field goal, Tampa Bay does not need to score to win the game. They just need to hold serve and they'll win the game. So I think yeah. that's where you kind of get the difference built in. But but I do think it's close. Um, I think it's closer than people made it out to be in the moment. And it's worth pointing out, it almost worked. If, mm -hmm. if, the, Kevin, if the Kevin King penalty is not called, they get the ball back at approximately their own 20-yard line with approximately a minute and 30 seconds and a timeout remaining. And Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers, which is plenty of time to go the length of the field. But also think about it from the, the if they didn't, like if they went for it and they didn't even get the touchdown, that sets up your your Kevin Green moment. That's your this is this <laughs> sure. is time. That's the this that's the the like okay guys, it's time to make a stand. Leonard Fournette sucks. Yeah. They're going to give it to him three times. Let's go punch him in the mouth. Like, and I, 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 that's a good point about Fournette. I mean, they're going to run the ball. If, if they're ahead, they're going to run the ball. And the yep. Packers had destroyed their run for the majority of the game, especially in the second half. And sure enough, they ran the ball, pretty much reducing every drive to one third down play. Now that's frustrating because they, <laughs> 
crushed them on third down. It's so frustrating like, that they were so stupid and it didn't hurt them. That, but th- if you there was only no need justice one... in this game at all. <laughs> no, you're right. If you only need one stop a series, like on a third down play, yeah. third and eight, great. Like, that's exactly what you want to set up. I do think that, the, you know, usually the value in going forward in those situations is place on the field. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're they're backed up sort of deep in their, you know, in their own territory. But given that we're in a clock running situation, it's not as much about that anymore. You have to, you know, all they have to do is get like three first downs and the game's over. So, so it's, there's, it's a, there's a very famous awful. quote from Walter Hagen. He's a golfer from way back in the day. He said that three, three bad shots and one brilliant shot still makes par. Yeah. And it so also that, gets you interested in playing another round of 18. <laughs> but so that's the box, right? Like they were dumb for two plays and then they were great on third. Totally. They were totally yep. true. hundred percent. I mean, and don't get me wrong. I would rather, I do not take the points. I take the Rogers. You're within 10 yards of the end zone. Use your MVP quarterback. <laughs> you, t- you take the Rogers. Take the Rogers. Like that's, <laughs> that's how I feel. I just trying to present the devil's advocate argument yeah. in the moment. I was not broken up about it. Like I got broken up about it because Twitter's an echo chamber. And I started believing everything I was reading as the scroll was going through. But you know, in the moment it's like, Oh yeah. Okay. That makes sense. So now they don't have to worry about, the two point conversion and winning in overtime or whatever, but you're also right. That's Tampa Bay has to score. And the defense had been dominating Tampa Bay for the second half of that football game. Yep. Um, I do. I think we're, we're getting kind of about to the end here. And I did want to mention, especially the Aaron Rodgers, Aaron, sorry, the Aaron Jones face mask that went uncalled, which was super obvious, which I yeah. put the gif up on Twitter. And that was a huge play early, almost as huge as like the interception because if that's called, the Packers get 15 additional yards. They go from a third and nine to a first and 10 in Tampa territory um, and probably get at least a field goal out of that drive too, um, and, and possibly prevent the Bucks from scoring. So um, I also want to point that out because as many people have pointed out to me, Aaron Jones has been face masked with no call at least three times this season. And I think it's closer to five. I'm still hunting for a couple more. But uh, there was one in the Colts game when he almost had his head ripped off that went uncalled. And there was one in the last Lions game where he got pretty obviously face masked. So I don't know what's going on. I feel like that's the easiest penalty to see most of the time. Like, and he's got dreadlocks, so his yeah. hair is flying everywhere. I mean, we all can see it on TV. It's clear as day. I wonder if he's being thought of as selling, overselling it for some reason. Yeah, maybe that. I don't know. But uh, it's, it's a weird thing, and I feel bad for Aaron Jones because it looks quite painful but uh it was it was a huge non-call in this game too of you know not playing by the rules of football really costing the packers um and devin white got away with so much murderous stuff on aaron jones it's <laughs> really a shame um yeah, oh, one thing you didn't mention uh safe passes aren't safe don't throw in front uh, of them. god Jesus. they did that again so many times on like uh, the first drive it's like that's what burned you the first time yes and and against the 49ers last year like it's stupid repeat um they got what the I one mean, deep shot into mvs and i know that they didn't have time to throw but you can throw intermediate passes too that's allowed uh, you don't this have was to... so this was so big that paul tweeted about it during the game it's a dork thing <laughs> like 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 don't like paul tweets a dork thing and then Lord Cheesehead TV himself, Aaron Nagler, That's true. retweeted it. Yeah, he did. Oh, so when, signal boost. Yep. When re- reporting is eligible and Cheesehead TV are in agreement, you know that all facets of the <laughs> game are covered. <laughs> it's true. It, and you know, if you're looking for a reason that they lost in terms of just conventional offense, Devontae Adams averaged 4.5 yards per target in this game. That's, that's that's a running game. That's not a passing game. You can't have that. It's, it's an extension of the run game, <laughs> Paul. Yes, it is um that's it's just not a good game to have i also 
I cannot believe they had Jared Veld here and then Tremont Williams, and we still did not get a player playing in two playoff games for two different teams. <sighs> did, I, especially Tremont. Especially Tremont. I, I don't well, know. Veldy here wasn't, wasn't cleared yet, was he? No, no, he no, wasn't. He, he I, I'm just saying, like, That's just bad two luck. opportunities to make this happen, and it somehow still didn't happen. And with all the evidence that you should have tried somebody else on that field, from Shannon Sullivan to Will Redmond, I mean, Tremont can play safety, right? To just find a way to get Tremont Williams on the field, for crying out loud. Tremont did play safety. He didn't play in this game. He did not no, get on I'm the field. Not, I'm not. I'm saying like previously. Oh yeah, yeah. Whatever, he, whatever. Get he, him on like, the field. Tremont should be out there for for Will Redmond, 100. percent That is that is true. Yes, I I would take a 38 year old Tremont Williams over Will Redmond. <laughs> yeah, because he's an NFL player, and Will I don't Redmond think, is I don't not. I don't think I'm even. I'm not even being hyperbolic. That dude's 38, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Holy buckets. Oh, last thing. I did see a bunch of people saying that Kevin King's not as fast as Scotty Miller, and that's technically true. Scotty Miller is yeah, a, no a... shit. Scotty Miller's the fastest guy on the Bucks. But it's, it is worth noting that Kevin King is actually almost as fast as him. He, he ran no, a... he's not. Yeah, he is. He ran <laughs> Maybe a... on the track, not uh, on the field. Well, on the track, yes. But you don't, I mean, you don't <laughs> know how fast Scotty Miller is versus Kevin King on the field versus on the track. Yes, you do. You saw Kevin King not catch up to uh, Kirk Cousins. I saw Kevin no, that was Christian Kirksey. That was Christian Kirksey. Who did Kevin, Kevin King got beat, beat by? Or no, um, Kevin, Kevin King gets beat by a lot of people, but it's What's often his name? because he's running backwards or sideways or turned Tannehill. around. Kevin King couldn't catch up to Tannehill. <laughs> well, that's not good. Just trip Scotty Miller. Just yep. tackle him. Just Scotty Miller is take him out. Is five foot five. He's Just very small. Put your hand Just on like his forehead. Him. Yeah. <laughs> All right, here's what I think we should do with questions. Okay. We've got a lot of them. We I think do. we gotta do we gotta do Patreon. We'll hit the Patreon questions for sure. Yes. I think the rest of them either we save them for mini pod yep. or save them for next week. Because I think we could still do a whole next episode on uh what we think the Packers are gonna do so, in the year ahead. I think you're right. So we we have to reference the rundown because that's part of the so um yep. let's see. We did meme, we did tweets. It was a very yep. long rundown. Andy I Schaff. gotta mention I gotta mention Andy Schaff. Um so I mentioned in the Discord that I said, quote, the rundown is six goddamn pages long. It is. Um, the the show part of the rundown is one and a half pages. So you guys blew us up with questions this week. There's literally four pages, four and a half pages of questions. Yeah, it's really cool, actually. It's really cool. Yeah, thank you for all the questions. We do appreciate all the questions. And we will answer all the questions. But we don't like to do like two-hour shows. The two-hour shows are boring and you know, people get people get tired of listening to people talk for that long. So we'll split this up. Um, I think we'll probably do a full show because we got enough to do a full show. So I'm I'm actually tracking the length of the show based yeah. on how much Jr's laptop is closing, <laughs> and over time his lid is closing slowly, and I can read more of his jersey as the show goes on. Oh yeah, totally. So at first I could only see the Nike symbol, and now I can see Brewers. Like, so. <laughs> it is a Brewers jersey. I I so I was. I, I don't I wouldn't have bought this like I have jerseys from when I was younger, but the uh, I, I was running a trivia trivia show for a while during quarantine. I was doing this once a week and a few people pooled money together were cur- nice enough to to hook me up with a jersey and a sweatshirt. So uh, I do I do wear this jersey from time to time purely around the house. But uh, this is you know not something I would necessarily wear out in public uh, anymore, but it's it's nice. It's Any, very high quality. Anymore. It's very well, t- I'm- I'm wearing a shirt that came with a free sample of pre-workout. So, <laughs> very good. Very nice. I mean, ballpark giveaways are shirts that I wear out. Those are perfect shirts for all occasions. So, uh, let's do the Patreon questions. We'll start with Jay Google. Of course, Where, Google. Hey, Jay. 
Jay Google, were they too focused on getting Adams the ball in the red zone, especially on the two first and goals? Mm-hmm. Matt, you're nodding. You go first. Um, okay, so Tunyon touchdown. Yeah. Do you, do you know the play that they called on the Tunyon touchdown? I don't know any plays. Um, they ran mesh, and they had <laughs> Tunyon come in behind they the. They had Tunyon come in behind the rub. That's okay. exactly what you should do on first and goal from the eight. And that's exactly what they did, and it worked perfectly. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't throw at Devontae four times in a row, three times in a row. It's, yeah. Stop it. They, they, they were definitely trying to force Devontae, get him a playoff touchdown um, 100% when they went to him all those times in a row. And, yes, a few of them almost worked. But well, he dropped one. He dropped one. Yeah, that well, one almost only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. Yes. There, and, and um, it, uh, but by the way, we should point out quickly, Alan Lazard did not have a good game, aside from getting manhandled by a tiny person and a couple drops <laughs> and um, – you know, not screening properly. He also didn't block particularly well. So very bad game from Lazard that shows yeah. up on tape. They spent uh, a lot of time showing how hot Devontae was after that failed, yeah, uh, failed yeah. Red Zone series. That's Allen, That's guys. Um, that said, he was wide open for a touchdown on, I, I believe, the second attempt of the Devontae throws and uh, just could have scampered right into the end zone. So, um, Although I understand why they didn't throw it to him because they were mad at him for screwing up other things. So, yeah. But yeah, they they were trying to force it and you can't do that in the playoffs. You got to take what's there. You can't dictate like personal gains for um you know against the best defense in the league. That doesn't work. So, they're definitely too Devonte focused. They're often too Devonte focused. It, it's one of the reasons that this team would benefit from another truly good receiver. Um <laughs> the way they're structured. Oh, na- well, sorry. <laughs> Ding. No, you're you're right. It's just it's funny that so the the um the people who have been preaching all season that you're not allowed to talk about the draft that like, like yeah, this it's, is your it's team, annoying. Blah, blah, blah. Those people are already preemptively bringing that narrative up, mm-hmm. even though no one, no one has brought up the, talking about the draft Yeah, with the exception of uh, Peter Bukowski, uh, the locked on podcast series, as well as active packing company. Bukowski was like, Hey, wide receiver might not have helped, but could you imagine if they would have drafted a corner instead of, instead of Jordan love? Yeah. And so that, that set off the, don't talk about the draft. Uh, support your team fans. <laughs> One game is not a reason, I, I don't think, to necessarily revisit the draft, but we've talked all year about why the receiver would have been beneficial. And then if you wanted to make it about this game, you could say, well, EQ St. Brown isn't the one being thrown the football in the two-point conversion. Maybe it's somebody else. Yep. Maybe maybe they catch the ball. But obviously, like one play, you know, maybe maybe the rookie drops it too. And, and I think the rookie, whatever rookie they would have drafted, probably not immediately contributing either. Maybe by this point in the season they would be. But yeah. I, I, I think okay, let's, it's worth noting, okay. like MVS and Lazard had pretty good seasons, generally speaking. But Definitely. it is a problem that he he does latch on to Devontae too much, and there is not enough diversity in the offense outside of what's schemed open for him to the you know the couple Tanyan plays every game. Having another guy that could actually win um, by himself, I think, would help the offense a lot just by getting Rogers' eyes on other people. So I think that's something that they should focus on next year. By the way, I did check; they couldn't really have drafted a good corner with the love pick, um, even without trading it. The, the really good ones were gone by then. Their best bet was actually probably on the Dylan pick. They could have gotten, um, uh, shoot, um, Cameron Dantzler with that pick. He, he was available then. And of the rookies that were available, he has the highest PFF grade. And he actually turned out to be pretty good for the Vikings at, by the end of the year. Not the beginning, though. <clears throat> Buda Baker. So, uh, so I'm, I, I'm just for, for the sake of 
doing this, I'm looking at the five wide receivers taken after Jordan Love. Uh, T. Higgins, 900 yards yeah. in 14 He was games. good. Um, Brandon Michael, Ayuk. Michael Pittman. Michael Pittman. Oh, uh, 500 yards in eight games. Um, let's see here. Uh, Lavishka Chanel. He sucks. Didn't have a good year. Yeah. What, he's, he had 600 yards and five touchdowns. Mm. He's still bad. Um, KJ Hamler. Um, not great. Uh, 30 receptions for 300. Yes. And then Chase Claypool, who was the one that I wanted. Either either wanted Pittman or Claypool at that at that spot. And Claypool was phenomenal. <sighs> His Pittsburgh teammate TJ Watt would look good on this team. Matthew Van Hoovelin <laughs> says, "I get, love me some Van Hoovelin." Yes, I get tired of the Brady goat narrative. I don't see how to make this argument without relying on quarterback wins. He's a great. Is he a great quarterback? Yes. Is he the single best player in NFL history? I don't think so. Wouldn't take him at any age as my first pick to start a franchise. He's combined being very good with very good fortune. One example that isn't talked about enough is playing all those years in the same division as previously annual dumpster fires, the Dolphins, Jets, and Bills. Do you think I am wrong? No one thinks you're wrong. That's totally spot on, right? Something people don't talk Uh, about. Brady Brady went on a 10-year championship drought. (laughs) Yes. They didn't even make the playoffs the first time he won a Super Bowl the year after. So what does that say? (laughs) So so from 04 to 2014, Brady didn't win a Super Bowl. Yeah. He's been to like 11 of them now, though. Yeah. I I think... I think you can make. I will. I won't argue with anybody who thinks he's the best of all time. I think that you can make a good argument for it. I. I, I think he's the best short to intermediate passer of all time, and he's been a good enough deep passer to, to be like the number one quarterback in the league routinely. Uh, and between that and his longevity, yeah, he's got a dumpster fire division that he's played in for the most part. That's true. That gets you more playoff shots. But they've beaten a lot of good teams in the playoffs, and he has not always had good defenses either. He, more than more than Aaron has. Um, we have stats to back that up. But uh, I think you can make a good argument that he is the greatest of all time. Um, mm. Between 2018 and let's see, uh, two, between 2002 and 2018, um, he never finished lower than eighth in DVOA by the looks of it here, which is pretty good. He led the league. Let's see, one, two, three. Uh, led the league three times. He was number two three times. He was number three like four more times. So damn, that's, that's a lot better than I would have thought. That's with so Pey- Peyton Manning in the same. Yeah, I, the I'm same a time, very, so. I'm a very loud Brady hater, and I still think he cracks my top five. Yeah. Do you think uh, the style of play you mentioned is longevity? He's really only had one major injury. Is it because of the style of play? I mean, he gets the ball out. He gets it out, so fast. he doesn't get crushed. Yep. Uh, so that is why, like, he gets the ball out really fast, very, very accurately, and he doesn't take hits for that reason. And that's that's how they play that game. And there, there are a few times where he did get freakishly lucky in his career. Like, well, lots of there's times. One, there's one time against the Jets, he was the lead blocker on a like a sweep, and none of the Jets hit him. Like, I, I couldn't believe that like like someone didn't just come and yep. blow him up. Because that that would have ended his career. I mean, he also got freakishly unlucky in a couple Super Bowls. He, like, there's no way the Eagles or the you know the 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 helmet game that happens you know more than half the times if you play that ten more times. That's yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Did out, you but... did you just give the helmet catch to the Eagles? No, uh, I'm both. I'm talking about two different games where he okay. got super unlucky and yeah. should have won Super Bowl championships, more Super Bowl championships. Yes. So yeah, he's gotten lucky a few times. Like that's for that's true. But the David Tyree catch. 
I mean, the Patriots also should have won that Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> to be perfectly honest, uh, there were a couple. And they'd of... be immortalized, you know, like yeah. perf- that's per- that's the perfect record here, right? Yeah. Yeah. It, it, that hey, was the perfect record. Who who caught the touchdown after the Tyree catch? Plaxico Burris. It was beautiful. Yeah, I know. Everyone forgets that man. Plaxico. Not me, man. The way he stared down the camera afterwards. <laughs> it was gorgeous. It was art. It was a wonderful pass. It was a wonderful he, catch. You know what? He was really the shot to the leg that the Giants needed. Matub, <laughs> my God, do you you like to point out every freak injury a player has, huh? Freak injury, the dude shot himself. Well, that's a freak injury because he didn't do that on purpose. All right, Doctor Hillbilly, uh, new patron, if, by the way. So. It felt to me that they ran way too many slow developing plays against a pass rush that constantly, consistently got home. But I'm just a random armchair guy. What might they have done, given that Turner or Wagner couldn't hold up? Also, does kicking the field goal and relying on the defense to get the ball back in the already infamous fourth and goal situation mean we're stuck with Mike Pettin forever? He's, I think he's implying that because he trusted before, because Matt Lafleur trusted the defense to make a play. Does that imply he's got trust in his defensive coordinator? Ah, <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, part one, they uh, they do run a lot of slow developing plays. They they do rely on play action and things like that. But they have other things in their arsenal. And um, I think what they should have done more of is actually use their heavy personnel. They had a nice set um, in, in the second or the third quarter when they ran a couple of like basically power sweeps with Jones to one side and Williams to the other that worked really well. Then they threw a couple of passes to Lewis and Tanyan out of that. Um, and doing that with Max Protect and then getting some truly huge guys on tiny corners and bad safeties, especially bad safeties, would have done, I think, a lot for their offensive efficiency that's what i would have done they they tried to get quicker that's the thing like they tried to put rogers in shotgun throwing quicker passes in the second half and they just covered it up without that deception there um it it didn't work so i I think they needed to do something to improve protection do a little bit more max protect and i don't know just a little more motion at the snap that was absent this game they did pre-snap motion they moved Devontae around but um, only once was someone actually running at the snap, and it was that play where Rodgers snapped the ball too early and didn't work. So, yeah, that. And I don't think we're stuck with Patton forever, but I, I get the sentiment that if he was trusted enough to get the stop, yeah, gross. Of course, they didn't get the stop. They did commit pass interference. So there's that. They failed. Well, it did give up second and five or whatever it was. I mean, they had a minuscule chance at that point but yeah. still like they they did ultimately not get what they needed also true the other play that you get mike Patton fired is the play directly after the aaron jones fumble that uh the buccaneers ran a, a one route play to cameron Brait and adrian amos just stood there doing nothing let him run by escorted him into the end zone as if dancing with him can I be honest, though, right there, I was like, your voice was in my head, Paul. Let him score. I mean, let him <laughs> score. They're going to score, so let's just get started on this three-touchdown comeback. And you know what? That almost worked, too. It did. So close. Asilatam says, any chance there are some coaching upgrades, and who are the good candidates for these hypothetical defensive coordinator and special teams coordinator openings? We've touched okay. on this a little bit. So first of all, yeah, we did, we did touch on defensive coordinator. Wade Phillips, we've been banging the table for, I think, Joe Witt would be a good candidate to at least bring in totally for agree. special for special teams coordinator i will take a kid who's good at madden <laughs> <laughs> just like just call call young kiv the the dot 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 guy call him and be like you're the new special teams coordinator thanks kiv come on in like do you, do you know what that is paul young kiv i have no idea i know young who young ho is. is i know him yeah young ho the flow is loco <laughs> yep 
The other person yeah. I'll mention for defensive coordinator that gets mentioned a lot because because uh, of Wisconsin is Jim Leonard, and mm-hmm. um, normally that would just be Homer Homerific nonsense. However, worth noting, um, Jim Leonard I think is a better defensive coordinator than Mike Pettin, and they both run the same system. Um, I think Jim just runs it better. They were they're both Ryan guys. They were both on the Jets. Um, essential. I mean, Jim Leonard was a player. He was a safety at the time, but he was the the on-field play caller for the Jets during the Mike Pettin, Rex Ryan era, and uh, that's where his experience comes from. So it's not completely out of the realm of possibility that something like that could happen. Do guys who coach in college, to me it's just such a difficult comparison, do they <laughs> typically have success from defensive coordinators in college going to the pros? Hmm. I don't have I a good... St- there, there's going to be an area of adjustment because of the talent disparity yeah. is such a big part of college football. Um, that you, you, it could also, I guess, come as an advantage because if if you're scheming around your talent disparity, which is a massive gap in college, yeah, yeah. it should help you see things better in the pros. But then on the flip side of that, if you're so used to being so uh, biased to one side or one type of player or whatever, it, it could hurt you when everyone is roughly equal. Yeah, I'm having a hard time thinking of examples, but. Uh, in at least theoretically, I, I like a college defensive coordinator who has to deal with far more variety in the offensive types that they face. Sure, um, you know, college offenses are just way more varied than NFL offenses, and you got to deal with a lot more crap because of it. Um, on Leonard specifically, I also think he is a little bit more of a uh, a high level savant um, versus Patton, who I think is just a film grinder who who can put together and execute on a plan, but if anything goes haywire, has trouble adjusting to it. Um, I think Leonard kind of gets it at a high level, and I, I like him a little better for that reason. Cool. Um, I mentioned a couple weeks ago I was reading Wade Phillips' book, Son of Bomb. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's there's a good little nugget in there that I thought was kind of funny. He got interviewed by the Washington football team uh, prior to going to, I think it was the Broncos. And they were asking him to describe his defense because they weren't running a 3-4, like, and so, so he kind of he spent like two hours drawing up some basic concepts for the way his defense worked, and then they hired some guy who didn't run the three four, and then tried to run Wade Phillips' version of the three four based on his two hour lecture. <laughs> oh no! So the Packers could just have Wade Phillips come in an interview, and then have Mike Pettin run Wade Phillips' oh, yeah. version of the three four. That's a good idea. That would totally work. <laughs> Can you just send us an outline of what you do Amazing. if you were coach? <laughs> a PowerPoint, please. All right, last question we're going to do tonight is Philip Schumacher. How much of this loss do you place on coaching versus execution? Or did we lose to the better team? There were very questionable coaching decisions, such as going for the field goal, defensive play called at the end of the first half. We've talked about that. But we also had Redmond's missed interception, a dropped touchdown pass, a dropped Mm -hmm. two-point conversion, a fumble to start the third quarter that put Green Bay down 18, and then there were two three-and-outs after Alexander's interception. you got to give... You got to give credit slash blame to, to both here. And the real shame of this game is if you get one or the other, you probably win. If you get better execution from the players, um, that's probably good enough to get the job done. If you get a smarter play call at the end of the first half, um, just more help to King earlier, um, that probably does the trick too. So uh, it, there's a lot <laughs> if, of reasons. If you get a flag early in the game for leading with the crown of the helmet, that Aaron Jones fumble doesn't happen. Yeah, mm-hmm. that too. So there was there was a lot of things that had to happen for them to lose this game. Um, they were and they didn't help themselves at all. But um, if if they just exceed, excel in one phase of what you mentioned, they probably win. So you can blame any and all of them because they all cost them the game. If Redmond picks it off, they probably win the game. If they stop Scotty Miller, they probably win the game. If 
um, any if Equinemius, well, uh, if he catches the two point conversion, they probably does this probably doesn't turn the game, but it makes the ending a lot different. That's for sure. Um, so, I don't know. There's a lot that happened, and it was a, a total team breakdown. The Seattle game in the aftermath, obviously, no no doubt about it. Brandon Bostick's play is the one that everyone remembers. But I, I, I know in the afterward, I made a, a list of 15 things that went wrong. And I was pretty convinced that had any of those things gone the other way, mm-hmm. Green Bay probably would have won. Not, yep. you know, I was probably reaching to get 15. But I'm pretty confident this game is that game yeah. without just that Brandon Bostick moment. There are 10 things, I think, in this game. I mean, I'm just throwing out a number. I haven't, you know, really broken it down. But like, <laughs> 10 to 12 things in this game that if they go the other way, the Packers probably win this game. And it is so frustrating to have gone through that in 2014 only to see it so, happen again. Yeah. Zach, Zach Cruz, Packers wire, um, be, beat writer technically for USA Today. Back in 2014, he was still writing for Cheesehead TV. And he mm. actually came up with 21 things. Jeez. And so 21 things in 2014 that he said very definitively, if a single one of them goes differently, the Packers win. Yeah, um, because it was a series of dominoes. For this game, he found eighteen and made a reprise of his twenty fourteen story. Oh, it just, wow. just went out today. I I don't have the strength to read it. Went, <laughs> yeah, that's that's right. I went on a pretty big diatribe after the game where I felt like I was over it much more quickly than I initially expected. Yeah, you did. And I I still stay true to that. I'm not nearly as mad as I thought I would be. I'm not nearly as down and I, I was worried that all my piss and vinegar was going to be gone before this podcast. <laughs> um, I, I I agree though. The Seattle game is just a special class. The, yeah. I I don't think that can be replicated. Or maybe because of the Seattle game, Packers fans can get over this one more easily because they've been through something that's actually worse. Sure, but yeah, there's that. Also, I, I looked at this under the guise of I I used football for escapism really hard this year. 2020 <laughs> was a bad year for a lot of people. It was a bad year for me. Um, both professionally, mentally, um, personally, just a lot of reasons. It was bad. Um, And initially I was sad that my form of escapism ended earlier than I wanted it to. But I guess, I guess I'm getting kind of serious here. eh? (laughs) Uh, But uh, at the end of the day, it is, it's just football. It's something that you and I are, are the three of us are talking about and, and the listeners at home are listening to. And it's, we can take it seriously and I do enjoy that side of it. But at the end of the day, it's just football. And after the game was over, I had some things I had to do to take care of the nursery for my son who's on the way. And I had to take care of my dad. Yeah, and and so, you know, you have to, you have to look through the lens of maybe just let it go. So, so maybe don't send death threats to Kevin catch. Maybe don't, don't. don't do that. Yes. That's stupid. <laughs> Maybe don't force the league to fire Cleet Blakeman. Like maybe, maybe listen to RAE, laugh at some jokes, but it's just football, guys. Yep. By the way, the three biggest Tampa plays by EPA were the Aaron Jones fumble. Um, but after that, the Scott the Scotty Miller play was worth five point nine points of EPA. So stop <laughs> that. Get six points back. Well, you know it was a touchdown. Get more than that. That's just EPA. Um, although the field goal is there too. So and then the. Uh, the deep pass to Chris Godwin, the 52-yarder that was hanging up in the air forever, and then he caught in, was 4.7. That, that's just a great play by Tampa. It Bay. was. It was a great play. But if that thing hits the ground, that's a whole other game. So, uh, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? All right. We my, will... my... Oh, oh, go, go ahead. There. No, no, let's wrap this up, that's baby. A, yeah, we, we, we'll take care. We will get to the Twitter questions. We got just a ton of them. Thank you all again for that. We got Discord questions. Some of you asked on both venues. Um, 
so that's uh, always fun um we'll, we'll get to all those next week when we do a wrap-up episode maybe there'll be some personnel moves or coaching moves by then we can talk about too but uh, we'll get to all the twitter questions maybe we'll even take a few more and uh have a, have a nice little season wrap up and put a bow on this thing so uh, <laughs> before before we go um any any plugs from anybody at all jr sean murphy bunting sean no. murphy bunting I don't have uh, a lot going on. I got a really cool story coming from a, uh, a talk to somebody who was a bat boy for the Milwaukee Braves in the late 50s, early cool. 60s, when Hank Aaron was there. Obviously, Hank Aaron uh, passing away this past week has been a big story for us. So I've written a lot about him lately, about some stats that probably people don't even realize just how good he is. He's one of the classic, like, underrated players for as iconic as he is so uh wrote also about his biggest moments in milwaukee some really cool things one thing i didn't realize is uh his second to last career home run was actually a walk-off home run in 1976 uh capped a doubleheader sweep against the rangers you can imagine the madness of the fans already hanging on everything henry aaron does and and here he wins the game with a walk-off i had a reader email me say it was like one of his greatest memories as a as a brewers fan uh five minutes later they were cheering they were cheering and five minutes later he comes out for the curtain call uh very really amazing that his you know his final home run comes in july so nobody could have possibly known that would be the final homer of his career but that's true um so just some cool stuff cool guy henry aaron is amazing so wrote a lot about him at jsonline.com this week yeah, we also, on the Tailgate podcast, talked about Henry Aaron extensively. If you want to hear some random amazing stats, his career is loaded with them. We do advanced and old school. Um, his, his war stats are incredible. His splits are incredible. Um, and uh, really, it's very rare these days that we lose sort of a, a top, legitimate top five all-time player who's not tainted by steroids or has some other issue. Like, Henry Aaron is a an actual legitimate good person with an uncontroversial incredible career that uh, frankly doesn't get enough credit just because it lacks sort of the, the the 60 home run seasons not there he's got these amazing seasons of like total bases and extra base hits and things like that but his, t- his i think his top home run season was 47 if memory serves off the top of my head yeah and uh won an mvp award yeah. he was in the mvp voting 19 straight years he got mvp votes but only one time did he finish first or second so even in this moment he was taken for granted yeah also very true um we talked about that a lot too um made 25 all-star games so uh, <laughs> so he did do that um anyway um and uh i'll just finish my plug so listen to the tailgate which i think was excellent this week and um I, i'll have my game recap up on shepherd express i think now you can go check that out too and I'll be doing something on Aaron Jones getting his head torn off for Acme Packing Company later this week. Matt, got anything? Nope. Great. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do this again next week. We'll talk yep. about the year ahead and Super Bowl picks or whatever. If people Indeed. are doing that sort of thing. If, if I'm somebody, sure not. If anybody cares, go Chiefs, I guess. Um, screw Tom Brady. At least Aaron Rodgers will get an MVP trophy somewhere in there. Yeah, that's Oh, true. the curse of Kurt Warner. Oh, oh, God damn it. It's true. This is your fault, you know. Brady's like 8-1 and one against the guy who ends up being MVP in the, uh, in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, Something and ridiculous. Y- and you know what? Brady is the reason for the curse of Kurt Warner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he really is, isn't he? Mm-hmm. That guy is a curse. Oh, all right. Well, we will talk to you all next week. Have a good one. You would always love me like you did back then. Then I fell asleep in the city, kept blinking. What was I thinking when I let you back in? I.
I'm trying to break your heart. I'm trying to break your heart. You still are the lion. If I said it wasn't easy, I am trying to break your heart.